to walk the talk. I'm glad you're with me today. This is uh, part two of the episode on the, the word catch, colloquialisms with the word catch. Part two, that's right, yeah, and uh, I don't mean catch 22, but I want to talk about catch 22. Have you ever heard that phrase? Um, we say this in a particular kind of situation, a catch 22. And actually, it's originally, it's a book title. Some of you might have heard about it because it's actually a classic, a classic book title. Um, it was uh, Catch-22. Catch uh, it was written in 1961 by Joseph Heller. And uh, it's about a situation where a man is kind of, he's trapped. He's, uh, he's caught in a difficult situation where he has to make a choice a choice where the truth and a lie will have the same outcome. So he's kind of trapped or caught. So he titled the book Catch-22. It means that you're trapped somehow. It doesn't matter what you decide, what you do, the end result will be the same either way, and the result won't be good. So you don't know what to do, basically. Yeah, so a catch-22 always has a bad outcome, you know. It's kind of a contradictory or paradoxical situation where it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter whether you turn left or turn right, the road still ends up being a dead end. So when this kind of contradictory situation arises, someone might say, Oh man, that's a real catch-22, eh? Or you could say, um, I just couldn't decide what to do. I was in total catch-22. And there's no reason, absolutely no reason for the number 22, except that Heller said that it sounded good. It sounded better than other numbers, so he used catch-22 as the title. It had a good ring to it, you know, it sounded good. And, uh, you know, assuming there were other catches and other situations, well, this was the catch-22. So even though a lot of people haven't read this book, everybody knows what a catch-22 situation is. Everybody has experienced that. The character of the book was caught. I'll tell you about it. He was caught between saying yes to the officials and agreeing to go into battle or making up a lie and lying to the officials and telling him that he was insane and so he couldn't fight and couldn't go into battle. You see, he suddenly realized he was in a catch-22. He realized that if he said he was sane, well, he would get sent in to battle for sure, but he also realized that if he lied and said that he was crazy so couldn't go, the officials would say, wait just a minute, he's not crazy because his reason makes such good sense. So he really is fit to go to battle. So you catch my drift? He felt like he was trapped. And whether he said yes or he said no, well, it didn't matter. He would still have to go in and fight in the battle. So, catch-22. So, yeah, you can use that whenever you're in a very strange dilemma. Here's a good example. 
Some of you may have even been in this kind of situation yourself. Imagine there's a job that you want to apply for, but they demand a certain amount of experience. So here's the problem. There's no way to get the experience unless you have that job. It's circular. It just keeps going around. How can I get experience if I can't get a job? How can I get a job if I can't get experience? Yeah, it's a catch-22. You're caught between two alternatives. So it's the same, same negative result or it's circular. It's a strange dilemma. Here's another example. Imagine that you like somebody, you're attracted to somebody, and you want to go ask them out on a date, but you're, you're shy and you're afraid that they will reject your offer. But if you don't ask, then obviously you will go out. So you won't go if you're rejected, and you won't go if you don't invite. Either way, you won't go. You won't have the date. So that's a serious dilemma. You're in a catch-22. But you should ask that special person, you know. You should take your chances, and you should ask, and you should invite that uh, special person out on a date, even if you do feel like you might be rejected, because there is a slight chance that you won't be, right? So they might just catch you off guard and say, okay, sure, why not? Let's go out. To be caught off guard. There, that's a new expression for some of you. To be caught off guard means to be surprised at an outcome or decision. Something happens and uh, you were not really ready for it or it took you by surprise. Or you, you say, what? You caught me off guard there. It means you didn't expect the situation or you didn't expect the outcome. It happens all the time. So, <clears throat> for example, I like to give pop quizzes in my classes. That is, I like to give a quiz without any advance notice. I like to surprise them. Students know quizzes make up a big part of their final grade, and so they're somewhat important. They know that. So they always groan and moan when I say, pop quiz, everybody. Yeah, they groan because I caught them off guard, like they weren't ready for it. Literally, a guard has a duty to guard something. And students have a duty to themselves, and, you know, to study and to pay attention and to learn the stuff. So if they didn't do the homework or study, they'd be caught off guard if I just popped a quiz on them. Just like a security guard on a slow night who decides he can catch a few winks on the job. He could be in for a big surprise if someone, you know, suddenly did something like tried to break into the building he's supposed to be guarding. Did you hear that one? Catch a few winks. Yeah, to catch a few winks means to take a nap. You don't really catch anything, right? You don't know what a wink is? Do you know, do you know what a wink is? Do you know what it means to wink at someone? For example, if you uh, make eye contact with someone, you can quickly close then and reopen just one eye. Okay, if it's two eyes, that's blinking. Like, if you get dust in your eyes, you blink. That's both eyes. But wink is intentional and it's just one eye. So, um, to catch a few winks. Okay, so usually winking... It's just nonverbal body language. And usually, well, you, if you wink at somebody, it tells, tells them that maybe that you like them. So if there's somebody special, you know, you, you might look across the class and wink at them. 
that would tell them that you like them. Or sometimes we wink at somebody, we wink at somebody in our midst to tell them that we're playing a joke on somebody else. Um, for, so, for example, if one person, you want to play a trick on one person in the group, you might play that trick, but, you, you know, you'd look at the other people and you'd wink at them, and that would be body language to tell them, play along, go with this, you know, be on my side, let's play a trick on the other one. So winking is nonverbal communication. It could be used to say thank you. You know, quite often, if somebody winks at you and nods a little bit, it's a, a way of saying thanks. In this case, it doesn't mean, oh, I like you, or I'm playing a joke on somebody. No, sometimes somebody can wink at you and nod, and that just means, hey, no problem, you're welcome. So it's body language. Um, if you think oh, a lot of cowboy movies used to have people, they would communicate with each other, and that would mean, yes, it's time to go. So you'd see cowboys, they were doing something, and they wanted to be really silent before they went in and attacked somebody or something. They would be communicating across with each other, and there would be a little nod of the head or a wink. Anyway, we're getting a little off track here. We were talking about catching a few winks. And catching a few winks is actually an expression for taking a nap or getting a little bit of sleep. So if you can just imagine, we say wink means one eye and blinking means two eyes, but sleeping, obviously, most of us close both our eyes and keep them closed for a long time. But this is just an expression. To catch a few winks is really just a a way of expressing that you're going to take a nap. So a student could say to his friend or her friend and say, you know, I'm going to try and catch a few winks between classes. I'm so tired from studying. Um, so imagine that security guard catching a few winks. That means to have a small nap. You know, quite often, it's, it's not good, but quite often security guards do have little naps on the job, and that's because their job is probably so boring, you know. So imagine, if you will, a fat old lazy security guard, you know, in a booth uh, by an art museum or something like that, guarding the art museum. And imagine him being really drowsy because of boredom on a hot day and he's so bored, nothing's happening. Little bird chirping, tweet, 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 and it's, you know, kind of pulling him into a lull, making him feel lazy, and he's drifting off to sleep. Maybe at first just one eye closes. He's trying to stay awake. Well, that's probably how catching a few winks came about as a phrase. That's how catching a few winks probably came about as an expression to mean taking a short nap. Because quite often when we're trying to stay awake but we're so drowsy, we'll try to keep our eyes open and one will close. Okay, so that's what you can say. When you're really tired, you can say, oh, I just need to catch a few winks. Can you wake me up in 15 minutes? But it is, winking is a body language expression. You know, quite often you'll see sports players, like in baseball, the pitcher and the bat catcher, they communicate a lot with their fingers and with winks. But catching a few winks means to take a short nap. You could also say catch some Z's. Catching Z's, catch some Z's, this means the same thing, take a short nap. The letter Z is called the letter Z in the United States and in many other English-speaking countries. But, you know, in Canada, we call it a Z. 
But even in Canada, we don't say catch some Zs. We say catch some Zs. Zs are the letters that are used in cartoons and in comic strips. When we try to show that somebody's sleeping, we use the letter Z. Lots of, the le lots of letter Zs. Lots of Zs to show that somebody's sleeping. And it sounds like this. Zzzz. That's onomatopoeia. That's the sound we give to, we write something to give a sound to something. So in a cartoon, if you see somebody sleeping, there might be a bubble with a bunch of Zs in it. Zzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzz
or go to our website and just sign up for news. Uh, this will all be in the description part of our podcast. Okay. All right, let's check out some more idioms with the word catch. All right, so you can catch some Z's, catch some rays. There are a few more. You can say catch a buzz. So in this case, if you're talking about drinking alcohol, a person can say, wow, that was a little bit strong. I really caught a buzz from that one. I don't drink, you know, not anymore anyway. So I can't say that, but I hear it all the time. That's for sure. I heard some guys at the hockey game saying, whoa, I got such a buzz from that. Anyway, people say it all the time when they're celebrating. I remember the wife of one of my friends shouting, uh, she said something like, I got a bit of a buzz from that wine. <laughs> she sounded so funny. Anyway, all I could think is that she must have caught more than a bit of a buzz if she's shouting that loud. So we could say this often. Catch, a wink, catch some winks, catch a few Zs, catch a buzz, catch some rays. These are all things that we sort of get. People also regularly say catch when they ask to ride with you in your car, you know, to go somewhere. For example, if I'm about to go to the office for work, my son might say, uh, hey, dad, can I catch a lift with you to school? So catch a ride or catch a lift. It means ride with you. You could say, can I get a ride? But it's colloquial to say, can I catch a lift? So I say it all the time. I say, hey, you want to catch a lift with me? I'm going that way. Just the other day, I told a friend, hey, you know, you can just catch a lift with me on Friday. There's no point in us both driving. I'll, uh, I'll pick you up on my way. I'll just text you when I'm, like, in front of your house. So <clears throat> you can say that in your own conversations. You can say, catch a ride or catch a lift. How about catch a glimpse? That's a difficult word for some people to say. Glimpse has to do with seeing something really briefly. So to catch a glimpse, this means to see something really briefly for a very short amount of time. For example, if you're playing poker with someone, you know, and betting and money might be involved, it always helps if you can catch a glimpse of your, of the other people's hands, you know, the cards that they have in their hand. And uh, you can say this if you don't see the details of something or if you don't have enough time to really review something or analyze or inspect something, but you just see it briefly. So you can say this when you don't have a lot of time. For example, um, if you try to see something, but then you're prevented from looking longer. You know, I'm, here's, a, here's an example. If there's going to be a test in the next day and the teacher has it out on his or her desk and, and a student might just happen to see it, you know, if he or she walks up to the teacher's desk to ask a question or something. Okay, so imagine this. I'm going to try and give you an example. Hey, I just caught a glimpse of tomorrow's test when I walked past Mrs. Classen's desk. And guess what? It's going to be multiple choice. Oh, thank goodness. I'm not ready for a long answer test. I like multiple choice. You can still answer if I run out of time. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so to catch a glimpse of the test, you never get to look at it for a long time. So to catch a glimpse means just a short opportunity to see something. So when I was a kid, (laughs) I... 
it was pretty funny. I always thought back to when I caught a glimpse of my friend's older sister changing into her bathing suit at the public swimming pool. She quickly covered up with a towel. We were only seven or eight years old, but, you know, we caught a glimpse and we giggled and giggled and giggled, and she was mad. She was shouting at us and she cried. But anyway, we thought it was pretty funny. We just caught a glimpse. Here's another good idiom with catch. Have you ever been in the shower when the phone rings? So imagine that you've been cleaning your house, cleaning up all day for, you know, party or something that's going to happen and you've been cleaning and now you're finally ready and you're done and you're, you're ready to go out and celebrate you know celebrate a birthday or something with your friends so you're about to get into the shower and the phone rings what do you do uh you know the the call might be important it might be about the party so you pick up the phone and guess what it's a survey it's somebody wants to ask you questions about a survey of something um, so maybe they want to ask you about your shopping habits on the survey and you, you got to say, you don't want to talk. So you say, uh, I'm sorry, uh, you've caught me at a bad time. And then you hang up. You caught me at a bad time. So even if you're just not in the mood to talk, you can say this. And on the other side of the coin, on the flip side, you can also ask someone, uh, when is a good time to catch you? Is there a better time for me to call than, you know, when's, when's the best time for me to catch you? What about this one? What about this phrase, getting caught in the act? Have you ever heard that one? To get caught in the act, it means witnessed. Someone witnessed you doing something. We can also say caught red-handed. So... To get caught in the act or caught red-handed, that means it's happening right then. So, for example, imagine a kid taking a cookie off the counter, out of the cookie jar, right after the mom said not to do it. Imagine the parent said, no more cookies before dinner, and then the mom comes around the corner, and the little boy, wide-eyed, he's got a a half-eaten cookie in his hand and crumbs all over his lips. Well, that means he was caught red-handed. Or you could say he was caught in the act. But caught red-handed, let's, let's think about that one for a second. This is an old phrase. This came from long ago, way back, 15th century or so in Scotland. It literally meant to be caught with blood on your hands from either poaching and killing animals or actually from the crime of murder. So being caught with red hands or caught red-handed was used as a legal term in courts. And so it's, it's metaphoric. Red means blood. But it's used idiomatically by extension to mean being caught doing anything in the act or immediately after doing something. You know, when there's still obvious evidence to the act. This is... You know, this is really different than being caught flat-footed. Have you ever heard that one? To be caught flat-footed. In this case, the person might not be doing anything wrong. It, it just means they weren't prepared. It means they weren't, they weren't paying attention. It comes from sports, you know. It, it comes from sports where a person is often on their feet and they should be on their toes. And flat-footed is very passive, relaxed, not paying attention, standing still. You know, not good for a sports player. Imagine a volleyball player or a basketball player 
those players should always be ready. They should be on their toes. So if something happens and they're not paying attention, you know, you could say, oh, he was caught flat-footed. So, yeah, seriously, it means to be unprepared, to be caught off guard, to be caught unaware, to be caught flat-footed. Does it have to be used when talking about sports? No way. Definitely not. You can say this about anybody who is not prepared for something. So if I give a pop quiz to my students, I could say, yeah, time for a quiz. <laughs> yeah, a few of them were really caught flat-footed. It means, it means they weren't ready for that quiz. They didn't expect it. <laughs> well, that is a lot of information, isn't it? I hope you caught it all. Remember, it's metaphoric, not literal spoken languages, even, you know, even a lot of written languages largely metaphoric. So in all these expressions and idioms, nothing is actually caught, not with your hands anyway. So I have a favor to ask you. If you know somebody who might benefit from listening to our podcast, please tell them about it today. We want to reach as many learners as possible. We want to reach all the ESL teachers out there, wherever they are in the world. And again, we're not literally reaching people, not with our hands. It's metaphoric. Well, that's it. I'll catch you all later. Catch you next time on Walk the Talk.